Welcome to headquarters. You've arrived at the Savage Sequence Podcast. We're here to help you develop your skills and master the fundamentals on and off the field. Right. Okay, so uh, looking at over your what you've done in life, over your career, over what you're doing now, how would you say you got into this? How did how did this all start? Where did it all come from? When I was a kid, like the this is the mem like my memories as a kid are are so like so super blurry. <laughs> but what I can remember thinking to myself is, I don't because I played you know rec basketball, rec flag football, mm-hmm. and baseball. I just I was just natural at it. Yeah, I wasn't the best kid, but when it came to catching and throwing, I could do that. So. You know, when I'm going through all these sports, I'm like, I don't really, like, when I'm playing football, I'm like, where do I, which, where are we going? Why do I have this thing on me? Right. You know, and uh, that just didn't, I don't know, I just didn't have an interest for that. Excuse me, with basketball, same thing. I'm like, I I can't, I just can't do it. I just couldn't do it. But baseball, I just remember, like, I I played first base because I could catch and I could throw. Right, that's one of the hardest things to do when you're in t-ball is catch and right. throw. Right, right. everyone's yeah. mechanics are crazy, and it's like a modified uh, bee uh, hive. Is that what, you know? What, swarm. Oh, swarm. right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like soccer. Yeah. You know when you watch little kids play soccer, it's, it's like swarming they, around the ball. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, baseball is modified because everyone's in position, so you feel like you have to. Okay, you got to be in position, but there's a ball over there, and then you have like four kids instead of the whole team. Right. But for me, I. You know, I'm like, I'm playing first base, I got to catch, and I got to throw. So getting into that, I'm just like, this is just easy. So I guess it was just natural, just a natural gift that God's given me to play to, you know, that's, I guess that's, that's how yeah. I got into it. Yeah, okay. I, and I just continued it uh, up until just recently uh, when I retired last year in the, at the end of July. But over, you know, I, like I said, I wasn't the best baseball player I just it was just easy I enjoyed playing I could yeah. catch I could throw I sucked at hitting but <laughs> it was like I liked I liked the game and I didn't I didn't have any interest in in the other sports yeah good yeah. deal good yeah deal. and you said you did track right track yeah game. yeah right. um track was my was right. it's the same thing it was what I was good at right um kind of and, and it was funny is I I thought about playing baseball but track and baseball were at the same, same year season. or same season. Yeah. So when spring ball came or springtime came, it was child for baseball or go to track. Right. And I was like, I'm fairly fast. Right. You knew but, you were fast. Yeah. yeah you <laughs> knew you were fast. <laughs> I'm fast. Yeah. I, I can probably yeah. make a good, you know, stab at this thing on the track. Right. Baseball, I, and I, I grew up playing baseball. You know, I mean, played for nine years. And then right. when I got to high school, it was like, all right, well, right. I can always go out next year. Well, Little did I know, that's not the case at, at high school. In my high school, right. it's extremely political, extremely, like, right. not, uh, you and can skip you a go, year. where'd you go to high So school? I went to school at uh, Canyon DeLauro High School in okay. Tucson. Okay. So, and, and back then. There's some good athletes that come out of Tucson. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. See, uh, I think, you know, Tucson, it's interesting. There's something in the water, for something sure. Something in the yeah. water. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there was guys that when I was playing now, their kids are, like, monsters. I'm baseball players and, and yeah. I'm like what the yeah How's I this? think it's because it's close to California that's what something now oh, is that what it is the Cali the Cali influence <laughs> yeah <laughs> no I you know yeah. but it was funny so track really brought me into a realm of 
something everybody needs. Every sport has to deal with some type of cardiovascular strength. It may right. not be running per se, like you're a swimmer, right. you don't need to run, but you have to have a good cardiovascular strength. You have to have some coordination. Right. And so track taught me coordination like nothing. I was a hurdler. Okay. So it was really key to be coordinated. Right. Otherwise, you're going to fall. Right. <laughs> Nobody right. wants to fall. So um, it really got me into the place where I understood how the body had to move right. for just basic function. Obviously, running, walking and running is something that everybody um, can relate to if you're in athletics at all. And so it really carved out its own niche for me in the whole sports performance realm of being a strength and conditioning coach. I actually started off being, um, I was an EMT, okay. so I was going to be a firefighter, and I wanted to get into emergency medicine, mm. and what ended up happening is I said, it, was, it wasn't fun unless somebody was getting hurt. <laughs> I was like, this is not cool. I don't want to, like, my job is really boring unless I'm right. going to something really right. bad. Right. So I was like, I'm going to go and do sports medicine. This, that's way more fun. Right. It's the same exact thing. It's a boring job right. unless somebody's getting hurt. Then you got to get them back. Right now it's fun. Now you sprain yeah. an ankle, you tear yeah. up your shoulder. Now I have I have something to do. Right. Um, but I didn't like that either. And right. so I had one girl come. She was tearing her quad over and over again. She kept tearing her quad. She was a soccer girl. And I said, "Your running form is terrible. Right. You got to change the way you run. Otherwise, you're going to keep getting hurt." Right. And that's when I said, "This is it." You yeah. know, taking her out to the field and doing her rehab and right. taking her through her program. Like I was like, "Okay, first off, this is how you need to be moving to right. not get hurt." I said, "I want to do this all day." Yeah. I want to do this for the rest of my life. And yeah. I found that a lot of people just didn't know. People were really good at something, but they weren't. Uh, they didn't understand why or how to not get hurt at doing what they were really good at. Right. And that's where I was like, okay, I'm in. Yeah. Let's go. So well, 15 it, years it comes, in the making. Yeah. <laughs> it goes into the unfair advantage also, too, to prevent injury. Right? Yep. Big time. Big time. If, if, if somebody doesn't have that idea of... Um, longevity right. you know what I mean and most athletes do you want to be able right. to play you want to be able, you want to be in the game right. if I'm not in the game then my life as a, a, a athlete is really is boring again right. it's not not exciting so every athlete wants to be in the game and if we can find ways to really help people understand being in the game means I'm not hurt not injured and right. everything that I do feels good when I do it boom that's right. your unfair advantage let's maintain that as much as we possibly can right so I, I feel like I've experienced that in my career where um, I, my 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 off field preparation played into my success on the field. Big time. And I, I felt to. and I felt like I was one, two, three, four, five steps ahead from some of my teammates. I'm, I wasn't comparing, mm -hmm. but you know when you're in the gym every single day, you see the guys who come in at the same time, especially in a clubhouse. Right. Right. So you have a game at seven p.m. You can really get you can get there at nine a.m. if you want. No one's gonna be there, but you'll definitely see who walks in first, second, third. Uh huh. Uh -huh. You'll see coaches uh -huh. coming in. So over the course of what their routine is exactly. So over the course of one hundred and forty-two games being in the minor leagues, you see who who's coming in often around the same time, right? So from uh, being a reliever, I had to be ready to go every single day. Right. So I, I'd go to the field at. 12 30 1 o'clock I'd grab lunch bring it to the field then I'd kind of hang out and I I would give myself about an hour hour and a half uh -huh. before I would start training before I'd go into the gym and start working out but during that time I would see the guys that would be coming in the guys that were successful were the guys that were in consistently day in day out yeah those were what the what is it that drives that motive that that what keeps that going what keeps that routine for you and what you I think, saw I think it's a blanket of security huh 
It's not necessarily if I do this, this is what I'm gonna get. Okay. It's I okay. have to do no, this. I get that. I have to do this. Right. Right. Or else. Right. Or else. <laughs> yeah. Or else. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So if when I when I went through my routine, it was like, this is what I need to do, or else. Right. But then it was also a health thing. I need. I wanted a longevity. I wanted to right. stay on the field as long as I could. So if I didn't, then it was like, well, I'm gonna be in the training room. Right. Right. Which right. that's. That's the last one. Nobody wanted to be in there. Right. I was in I was in the I was in there for the right reasons. Right. There you so go. that I wouldn't Yeah, yeah. You know, be in there for the wrong reasons. So um but yeah, I mean And that's what we'd always say. We'd always say that um when I was a trainer, when I was an athletic trainer, we'd always yeah. say hydration for tomorrow starts today. Prevention for the injury tomorrow starts today. And the, the guys who got that the athletes who came in yeah. and, and did the prep stuff, they did their ice, they did their stem and ice, right. or they, they made sure that they got taped or whatever it was right. that they needed to do they came in made sure that that stuff happened and that's what made them last longer yeah you know that's I mean? funny i had a pitching coach um in rookie ball craig bjornson he was last time i uh, remember he was with the houston astros uh, i think he was a bullpen coach but he he would always walk in the training room he'd always look he had that look in his eye like he was <laughs> checking up on the guys that were doing the work uh-huh and he'd always say tago Make sure you prehab before you rehab. That's it. That's it. Now that always stuck with me. I'm like, yeah. prehab before you rehab. I'm like, okay, That's that big. you know That's that big. that makes sense. Big time. You know. Big so, time. anyways, yeah. Let's move on. What what else do we got? Um, we said okay. So, I guess this plays into what what we have next is if if you don't do this, what will happen, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't do this, what have you gone through any experiences where you didn't you didn't stick to your your routine and then it was like dang it you know i if i if i only you know if i would have done this i probably you know would have gotten this result or you know what i'm saying um you know i think what the biggest thing is is getting advice mm. there's a there's a scripture that says plans fail for lack of advice right not asking enough people who were experienced um, who had been where i wanted to go or who were currently, you know, where I wanted to be. Right. And just kind of thinking I knew what I was going to do and I'm, I'm going to go do it and it's going to happen like this. And it's like, man, and then afterwards, it's always right. the after, the hindsight is twenty twenty, right. Man, and then somebody tells me, you could have just asked me and I, I would have told you this, this, and this. <laughs> it's like, yeah, what? Right. So th- I right. think that's my biggest thing is, is um, and, I, and I, tell, I tell people this now, is communication has to happen often and early and often. Right. Early and often, early and often. So as soon as a problem comes up, yeah. I try to get advice about it early and yeah. often before it becomes a fire and the whole right. building's burning down. Let me just put out this little candle yeah. with some help. Right. You know what I mean? And almost right. overkill that help so that the the brunts of whatever the repercussions might be are not as heavy. Right. You know what I mean? So I'm not sure you have, might have the same thing. Oh, 100%. Like, well, I've, I've gone, I mean, I've made some really, really bad decisions. Obviously, I've made some good ones. But within that, I sh- you know I should have asked the guy that was super super successful. I should have asked the guy that's never done it. I should have asked the guy mm-hmm. that failed at it. I should have asked yeah. someone that loves me, someone that hates me. Right now you have every spectrum right. of of an opinion, and then you can formulate Absolutely. you know whatever whatever it is you need to do, whatever decision you need to make, or you know whatever um, preparation you need to go through. That way, you're not just asking the guy who's done it the best. 
Right. But you've also asked the guy who sucks at it. Yeah. Yeah. Right, have you tried this? There's something to no, learn right there. Right. You can you learn can something that. Yeah. Through all, all five yeah, or all six absolutely. of those people. So, yeah, but I think the one person that, like, my go-to person would be my wife. Because she's, I mean, I wouldn't normally ask a female. <laughs> it's, um, it's just not, like, I don't know. There's just, I just wouldn't do that. Okay. Um, but if there is one person that I would ask, it would be my wife. For sure. She, I mean, she just has this amazing um, intuition and insight on things that I would have never thought of. Yeah. And I trust her. I trust her. Yeah. Most definitely. If my wife says do it, I'm doing it. Yeah. And, and, and it's right. funny because even sometimes, I think there's something to be said about when you have that, that, that teammate, that even if it doesn't go like you planned or like, right. it, like it should have gone. Right. There's confidence and a uh, uh, a security right. in knowing that we were in it together, right? And then we're gonna get out of it together, right? And if it, if it succeeds, then we enjoy the the fruit of that right. together. Right. So I definitely go to my number one too. My my, my yeah. wife is a key key component, um, and then I have a, a really good friend of mine who's a preacher down in Tucson. And I talk to him about life. But like you right. said, you gotta get all different angles. Right. Like I'll ask my buddies, right. I'll ask the guys that aren't my buddies, um, just to get that well-rounded right. thought process right. on where do I want to take this ball. Right. So, yeah, that's key. For sure. Now that I think about it, I it's not that I don't ask females, but I do ask when, whenever I'm, uh, I'm debating on making a decision, I always ask the person on the other side, what would you do if you were me? Hmm. But I wouldn't go out and seek another woman's opinion over my wife. Right, right, right. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah, I, no, I, I, no. I just, yeah, no. just want to clear that up because it, it's not like, <laughs> yeah. hey, you know, I'm like, right. if, I'm, if, I'm, if I need to ask a woman, I'm going to ask my wife. But if I'm at the, at the store, you know, is it, you know, black or white, it's like, okay, well, what would you do if you were me? Yeah. Whether that's a, a yeah. man or a woman. No, so, no, I think yeah. that's, yeah, no, uh, it's funny. I, so we went out this weekend, I had, um, went to this little breakfast spot and one of the things that my wife always does this and I started doing it too is asking the waiter Hey, what what's the best like what, of these two things right here? Right. Is it is it the eggs Benedict or or the French toast the stuffed French right. toast? Right. Well, for me, and then they they give you that inside secret. You know right. what I mean? It's right. like it's always good to have that background inside yeah. secret, especially for somebody who works at the establishment. Right. Well, because they they're seeing how it's made too. They know. <laughs> <laughs> they know exactly yeah. what went into that. Yeah. So yeah, that that that's good, and, and I think that it furthers our um, again the belief system of right. security. You know right. what I mean? It reinforces whatever that that whatever you need to have going forward, even right. if it's not as good or it's right. not as great. But there's some security in following through right. with that that decision. Can you can you relate security to confidence? Because when I think of security, absolutely right. Because yeah. when I when I go through a off field preparation, I feel secure in that because I've been doing it for so long. Yeah. But I also feel confident when I get on when I get on the field because I know that I went through everything that I needed to do yeah. before. Yeah. Right? So is there yeah. like a, is there a correlation? I think there's definitely a correlation. I think that you um, won't have the confidence that you need if you haven't backed it up with something of a, a safe, I don't even a safeguard, but just a security blanket, like right. what you're saying. Like having that, that uh, underlying no, just I know what I did right. to get here, right. so I'm not going to be stopped. Or right. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to fail in this area because I right. did all the things that I know I need to do to get to this right. point. I think it equates confidence. Hmm. So different from cockiness, right? So right. cockiness is you didn't do anything to get to where right. you're trying to be there. Right. And now 
you're expecting this result, but if you do the work in there, that confidence that comes out that it almost exudes if you look at some of the some of the best that's ever done it. Right. You see it. They don't have to say anything, but it's that confidence because they did everything necessary to get there. Right. That's key. Yeah. I, and I think it goes into a lot stuff. of what we do yeah. um, in general as, as far as prepping people is helping them understand that if you do these things, right. there's a there's a, 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 the pain and the pleasure. Right. You know what I mean? There's a little bit of work right here, but the, the result and the outcome is going to be so great. Right. So we got to get to that. Got to get to that. And, and really yeah. have that outline and laid out so that people have these key steps and these key pieces that produce that confidence. Interesting. That's good insight right there. <laughs> That's good stuff. Well, that, I think that wraps up episode two. Yeah. That's good stuff. Thanks for, thanks for coming out, man. Always a pleasure.